Welcome back to, I guess, the fall premiere? Of, it's not uh, the Vulcan. Fall. Hello. It's the winter what now. The winter? I don't know what's going on, Jason. I'm Scott McNulty. This is Vulcan Hello, the Incomparables uh, Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. Flash. And that voice you heard, who I already identified as Jason, is the incomparable Jason Snell. Jason how are you? Hi, Scott. Uh, I'm. I'm. I just finished watching. I'm still <gasps> processing. Oh boy, there's a lot to process there, in this episode. There is. Um, I have to say, I think maybe our conspiracy corner, our conspiracy mm. closet, may just the door may be open now. I think it's just open. I think it may have been. It was a screen door for a long time, <laughs> and now I think the screen door is just open. Uh, and. Uh, Insects blood, are attacking our blood pies. is pouring <laughs> out. <laughs> yes, blood is in fact pouring. And I will say before we get it, it is uh, I. Spoiler alerts: If you haven't watched uh, Discovery, don't listen to this podcast. Why are you listening to this podcast? Uh, the episode we're talking about is episode ten, despite yourself, uh, directed by the one, the only Jonathan Frakes. That's right. Uh, written by Sean Cochran. Uh, maybe Zephyrin Cochran's son. I wonder I if uh, Jonathan Frakes has a director's chair that allows him to enter uh, over the top. Oh, <laughs> I hope he does. The Riker maneuver. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I, I uh, am completely biased. I love the Mirror Universe. This episode takes place, we find out pretty quickly, in the Mirror Universe. Uh, yeah, it so, looks like the rest of the season is basically a Mirror Universe story arc. How about that? Uh, and that I will I was just smiling throughout this whole episode. So uh, if you are hoping for some kind of critical uh, flaws being pointed out, you're not going to find any for me. Jason, who is much more analytical. I, than I, I got I am, some perhaps. yeah, I got some issues. <laughs> I have some I, I actually thought that this was an amazing episode, but I do have some issues with it which we will get to. But That's can we can we here. start off with the pure fanish glee of this being not only a sequel essentially to, of course, Mirror Mirror, as all of the Mirror Universe stories are, but mm-hmm. also directly references <laughs> In a Mirror Darkly, which is generally mm-hmm. thought of as the best episode of Enterprise, because the characters aren't boring in that one, uh, because they, which means that it is also then, therefore... A sequel to the Tholian web, because that mm-hmm. is all the Defiant, which they recognize because they're basically contemporaries. And we know that in the in the near future, 10 or 12 years out, the Defiant will be thrown across time and uh, parallel universes uh, into In a Mirror Darkly, the Enterprise episode which is referenced here and they've got like a schematic and the whole thing and given that the the identity of the um of the emperor of the Terran empire is kept a mystery i've got to think that there's another uh reference of some kind that is about mm-hmm. to drop there but um but just that 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 the the fact that the defiant cuz they're like oh well you know this is this is a parallel they've been theorized and i'm sitting there thinking oh but there has been you know already an incursion and they got there they got all the way to in a mirror mm-hmm. darkly and said yep this happened this is all consistent. It oh, is all yeah. canon. No. And it is, it Again, is, who cares uh, other than all the fans who are watching who are like, yeah, it's an Enterprise I, reference that I actually care about. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I was, uh, and I will say, uh, we're skipping over, like you said, Jason, Conspiracy Corner, the door uh, to our closet is open, and I think it is confirmed that uh, uh, Tyler is, in fact, a not-so-secret Secret Klingon. Klingon. Last time I can say that, because now he's... Well, I mean, he's secret to them, but he's no longer secret to us. 
That's right. We know. But the well, we'll get to it uh, we'll get, we'll because there's there. lots of things that happened in this episode, and I kept thinking, in a good way, I thought, well, surely this mu- I must be close to the end of this episode, and then more stuff happens. Oh my and god! I was just like, it, good lord, it is, is happening in this it, episode. It is packed. Um, it, the episode starts off with a or an original series reference that's just in passing, which is like to Organia. Mm-hmm. Where he basically says there shouldn't be anything. There were no battles near Organia, so I guess they're near Organia. It's not really important, other than that they threw it out there. But Scott, a very important thing happens next at the very beginning of this episode, which is did you did you notice what happens to the discovery? Uh-oh. I am uh, no, I did not. <laughs> okay, they um they they there is an approaching ship. Mm-hmm. It's it's a Vulcan ship. And what does it oh, do? Oh, yes, it does the Vulcan hello. It gives them a Vulcan hello, which is it shoots at them. <laughs> I did notice that, and I even noted it, but then I thought, oh no, there must be something no, no, that I didn't No, it's the Vulcan notice. hello that just, it made me laugh out loud. I just was cackling of like, of course, the, even in the mirror universe, the Vulcans will give you the Vulcan hello, or a Vulcan Klingon, Andorian, Andorian whatever. Yeah. Uh, greeting. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, so that's right. They're, they are like, well, this, there should be a, a star base here, and uh, we hear a lot of tech no babble about you know oh our uh, everything our our position saru says our position is we're definitely where we're supposed to be but nothing else is where it's supposed to be right uh which is one of my favorite things that that star trek (laughs) does uh and i brought to mind that uh quote from that episode where dr crusher is stuck in a warp bubble oh yeah uh, and she says you know there's nothing wrong with me so there must be something wrong with the universe (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Which, yep. Uh, clearly, that's where you go, right? From there. So. I love it. Yeah. And it's like there are totally, I'm looking for horses, but look, I found a whole herd of zebras, and that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. The that's... quantum signature of everything is different. And as Burnham describes, everything in our universe has the same quantum signature, which. I do have to ask the question at this point, which is, if everything in our universe has it, why would we notice it? Or notice mm. that it would, or check to see if it's different. Like It does it does seem high it, on the list of things they check almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, it's Star Trek, and I did love that, that they didn't belabor it, because we all know that they're in a parallel universe. I mean, come on. We, come yes. on. We probably all figure we know which one, and we would also be right there. So That's right. And I will it. say, I should say, in our last episode, uh, we had some theories. And my theory was that they weren't going to just jump directly to the mirror universe, but perhaps they would take us to a different universe and then jump to the mirror universe. I was, for those keeping track at home, incorrect. No, they couldn't wait. They just, it turns out that this is obviously for whatever stupid techno babble reason you want this these two universes are linked they're very similar mm-hmm. most of the same people and ships and stuff are in both of them and they're the ones that are that are connected like they don't jump to a mirror-ish universe that's not quite no it's gonna be it the is, mirror universe it is the one and that that's that's like like fringe i would say you know right there's there's spoilers for fringe which is a show that <laughs> is not, has not been on for a very long time now but that, that in that show there there is a parallel universe there's not like a mm-hmm. million of them or a billion of them they're strongly connected one you know a pair of universes so that's what's going on here yes which i appreciated uh, the more i thought about it as i was watching this episode realizing that i was totally wrong they don't have that many episodes in their first season so it wouldn't make yeah. any sense to waste an episode being on a random universe nobody cares about you go for the one that people want which yeah. is mirror universe yeah and it's fun uh, yeah 
It is fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and, uh, we find out, uh, some things about people. Many things are different, but the, they take a little while to figure out they're in the mirror universe. Uh, they, the they get Cooper. like a data, they like get like a data core eventually from one, of, from the wreckage of one of the Klingon ships, which I thought was a clever way of kind of educating them without having to, because otherwise they're going to be like, oh, hey, everybody, we're the discovery and <laughs> then right. just like destroy killed. them, right? So mm-hmm. instead they, they, um, it's well set up for them to pose as the IS, right down to how little robot rewriting the the hull to say iss <laughs> discovery i enjoyed that very mm-hmm. much uh and so they send tyler out to to fetch the uh the data core um and he has uh some flashbacks freaking to out some torture and mm-hmm. some surgery and he's he's very concerned and we bring that up because it's important later uh and oh, then, yeah. uh, our good old friend uh stamets is in the sick bay uh, w- under the care of Dr. Culper, who is also his partner. Um, and I mentioned that ex- because that's also going to be very important very, shortly. Yes. Uh, and, he ke- and he keeps mumbling about the palace, the palace. going to the palace, stay out of mm-hmm. the palace. And, and uh, that is obviously something just like with the, you know, they find the uh, clearing in the forest. Um, mm-hmm. He's muttering things that will probably make more sense at some point down the road. And my only question is, is he trying to tell them about like is this the emperor's palace is that what's going on here or is he or is he referring to sort of like the larger problem of them um being in a parallel universe we don't know yet right. but he's mumbling yeah, and he know. stands up and throws culper across the room at one point and he's just obviously uh like they say he's non-responsive it's not that he's dead he's alive but he's really really messed up from the last mm-hmm. set of jumps and he's got some milky eyes that turn non-milky every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Culver puts him under a force field because, you know, you shouldn't be throwing your doctor around uh, sick bay. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a inappropriate. He actually says for, for his own protection, and I'm like, and the protection of those around him. <laughs> that's right. And this there's a good scene where Lorca uh, comes in, who, you know, I think we talked about this in uh, several previous episodes. Uh, I really like Lorca as a captain. Uh, because he is unlike any captain we have ever mm-hmm. experienced before. Uh, he is much more like a mirror universe captain, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he pops into sickbay and he's like, hey, what's up? Uh, by the way, Dr. Culber, you're not going to be treating Stamets. Uh, you are too close to it and emotionally invested, which in uh, Lorico's defense, it makes complete it, sense. It's totally right. Um, and... Uh, I, I think, I mean, the way he phrases it is where it's like, I'm bringing in another doctor. And it's like, well, he probably knows all the doctors that they've got. So he's probably That's not right. from a, from the parallel universe. Are you bringing in another doctor? No, yes. I don't think so. I think what he's really saying is like, you can't, you can't do this. You should be, in mm-hmm. fact, I kind of wanted him to say you should be with him as your, as, as your partner and not as his doctor. And he should well, get that, somebody that, else to be his doctor. That seems like not a very Lorca not, thing to do, though. No, it's not Lorca at all. Like, a guy with a Gordon skeleton would not <laughs> right. say that thing. But, Lord, okay, can we stop and talk about Lorca here? Because one of the other things that happened last time we talked, and then mm-hmm. we also got some feedback from listeners about this, is... Um, Somebody said, and if you freeze frame it, you can see it in the last episode, Into the Forest I Go, that um, there's a, right when they are going to do their jump back to the star base, Lorca like flips open his little console and does a like, on the computer. And it actually mm-hmm. says like Lorca override unknown coordinates. And somebody wrote in, because I think we talked about it a little bit, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't really believe that, that this is all kind of like Lorca's, Lorca's not planning on going back with this, with his information. Um, but in this episode, like, 
I don't know. I feel like it's even more strongly suggested now that Lorca has an ulterior motive here and is not entirely surprised about what's going on. Um, and I wonder about, I wonder what, what might be going. Cause I, I also really like Lorca. Um, I, Jason Isaacs, I think is great. He does mm-hmm. some very funny stuff in this episode too, when he has he to does. pretend to be an engineer and does a, I was like, Oh, he's going to do a Scottish accent. Isn't he? he totally did. Um, well, what else are you going to do? But, but I don't trust him. Right. That's mm. the thing is I like him. I enjoy watching him. I totally don't trust him. And in fact, there's a moment when they're looking at the data core and they mention the Terran Empire and he like looks up like with recognition, I thought, is the way that oh. Jason Isaacs plays that. And so now I'm going to I'm going to have to find like a little anteroom behind the conspiracy <laughs> closet, which is that maybe Lorca um is especially since the Lorca it turns out in this in this universe right, has has disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's like or wait or has he? Did he get blown into our universe and that's who we've been following all this time? I I don't know, but I am suspicious of him. Yeah, and I mean the 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 Lorca in the mirror universe who uh, we are told uh, was attempting to overthrow the the, the emperor. emperor. Yeah, uh, and got. Uh, well, no one knows what happens to him, but he was thwarted and his ship was destroyed. Uh, clearly would know enough about, like, the first thing Lorca does when they realize they're not in the same universe, he says, well, what we have to do is figure out the rules of this universe uh, and blend in as quickly as we possibly can, which is exactly what someone who came from the mirror universe into our universe would do. Uh, right. And so... You're, you're, and he does it so quickly. You think perhaps he has done this before. Mm-hmm. I do wonder. Himself. One of the, uh, some of the I think unappreciated scenes from Mirror Mirror, the original series episode, and I don't know whether some of them were even actually cut out in the syndication version that I grew up on. Because you know, once they put out video versions of of the original Star Trek, whole you know minutes and minutes of running time was added back in from the ones that they showed in syndication because they they mm-hmm. actually cut them down to put in more commercials. But I, certainly one of the scenes that I don't remember as well are the scenes from um, Mirror Mirror where we see uh, Mirror Kirk and his crew. His crew basically doesn't do anything. Mirror Kirk shouting and being thrown in the brig by Spock and trying to bribe Spock and all mm-hmm. of that. And I do wonder, are we going to have that moment sometime in the next five episodes where we get to see what the ISS Discovery is doing back in the <laughs> regular universe? Because that can't be good. Like, because that is one of the things established is that apparently hmm. uh, uh, Captain Killy and the uh, and the ISS uh, Discovery are were in the same location that Discovery popped in to and they therefore switch places um so that's kind of hilarious and who knows what they're doing not good nothing good but are they smart enough to like like shave the swords off their badges and stuff (laughs) or are they not because because mirror kirk was not super subtle right like we've seen in deep space nine there were some subtle mirror people who came over to like recruit you know, like mm-hmm. a mirror Cisco's wife and all of that. But yeah, they did that on purpose and they, they had a plan. I, I, the ISS discovery was not prepared to right. go into right. like mirror Kirk. So. Probably what mm-hmm. they're going to do is be, just start shouting. Right. <laughs> That's right. Just shouting and shooting at everything. Yeah. It's uh, not gonna work. And then people will be like, wait a second. I think something might be off here. Yeah. Uh, you're not the Tilly. We know. <laughs> 
which is uh, there are so many uh moments in this episode that brought me much joy uh and one of them is uh, they figure out they're in the mirror mirror universe and they say well we need to uh find out what we i think burnham says well we need to figure out who does what in this universe before we start talking to anybody uh which makes a lot of sense and so uh, mm-hmm. the Cooper, ISS Cooper, which is also hanging out here, killing a bunch of rebel scum, uh, well, uh, hails them, and they need to figure out who the captain is. Uh, well, they thought, you know, Lorca's like, well, of course I'm the captain, I'll talk to them. Turns out, our good friend Tilly, uh, yep. is the captain in the, uh, of the ISS Discovery. And, uh, there's a great scene where he's, she's like, well, uh, Lorca's like, well, you have to talk to them. And Tilly's like, well, I don't know, what should I say? And he says, well, just keep it short. Uh, and she she says, I don't know if you've noticed, <laughs> but I talk, but I talk a lot, lot. <laughs> which I just love to that. say as uh, little as possible. <laughs> that's right. and, and she does a good job. Yeah. And then she turns it over to Lorca, who uh, does his his, his uh, Scotty impersonation, uh-huh. without, uh, which was a delight. Uh, and I'm sure will either uh, delight people or anger them uh, um, probably in equal measure. But I thought, I thought it was great. Jason Isaacs is Irish, I want to say, but um, he, he does a, I thought, a very nice Scottish accent there. Yes. And then he brings everybody... Is this the point where he brings everyone to the ready room and shows them his map of the interconnected dimension spots and uh, yeah, it is that- apparently... Uh, yeah, it might have been here. It might have been earlier. I mean, in the in this thread, kind of like he does info dump. It's the thing that he shows. It might have been a little earlier, but he, it's the thing that he shows that he showed to Stamets last right. time, which is that he's been mapping all the jumps and there are these spots in them. And this is the idea that the, the mycelial network actually reaches across into parallel universes and that they could potentially use them. That that was all the setup for this. But now he shows them that hologram and it's like, see, I told you we could if we just found this last piece, we could find Luke Skywalker. Wait, nope, that's not what he does. But it <laughs> It's kind of like that. There's a map mm-hmm. and and uh, very nicely um, done. And I, I thought, did did Jonathan Frake say, uh, can I do a, a handheld or do a crane shot where I'm spinning around in 360 and then we'll put a hologram in it? Because apparently they said yes, because that's what it is. It's kind of <laughs> impressive. Like it, the, the, the camera keeps tracking and there's this you know cgi vfx of a hologram floating and it's all happening together it's very very impressive for television i would say i thought it looked really great yes and i will uh, you have read this article i know but uh, jonathan frakes had an interview where he talked about directing an orville episode which he directed and directing this episode of discovery and he talked about the differences being basically that the orville is shot like tng uh which is you know 25 years yeah, old lock off the, the cameras and just keep it keep it like uh super straightforward like tng yeah. was in the 90s and, and 80s and that's what they're going for and uh discovery is going for a more cinematic uh modern look yeah. and uh if you watch both of those shows, and I'm sure many people who listen do, you can immediately tell the vast difference in what they're trying to do with the look and feel yeah, of it. Yeah, totally. Um, and and so, and it's nice that Jonathan Frakes has directed one of both because a lot of people think that the Orville is kind of uh, you know uh, a Star Trek series and anything and everything but name. So having Jonathan Frakes to unite them is nice. Uh, I still don't like the Orville. Yeah, but this isn't in a podcast about the Orville, yeah, exactly so we won't right. have to go on to that. So back to the discovery, which uh, Jason and I both actually like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> things are happening, uh, and so this is when Lorca's like, okay, we need to we need to fit in, and. Uh, 
everybody gets their little uh, new uniforms from the the, the Terran Empire. Uh, as you mentioned already, they they scratch off the U and put in the I, <laughs> uh, which I found amusing, yep. uh, and I still do. Uh, and they come up with this idea that they find out that Lorca is presumed missing, uh, Burnham is presumed dead uh, because she went to look for uh, Lorca because they had a run-in and yeah he's uh, trying he's plotting sent- against the emperor and she was sent mm-hmm. by the emperor to to, to, uh, kill, to, him. to kill him <laughs> yeah basically and but she's th- the captain of the Shenzo mm-hmm. uh, in this uh, yeah wish- so this answers my mm-hmm. question I mean it's funny that after the pilot um, or after the first bi- battle of the binary stars after the first two episodes on the first night I remember um us talking with Brianna about are we going to see the Shenzhou again and we're all like probably so like you built a whole other right. starship set <laughs> and so then we had that we had that flashback episode where where mm-hmm. Burnham got the hologram of Georgiou and she right all of that and then in this episode they're like oh you're the captain of the Shenzhou and I said great we can use that set again <laughs> it's perfect and then we, we can we bring that guy back who died in the first episode <laughs> and oh we are going to kill him again we'll kill him again yes it's, it is <laughs> his destiny as uh, is kind of an over a theme of this episode uh and he he dies but yeah. and, and it's interesting because so burnham sees him because they hail the the uh shenzo and say hey come pick us up and he pops up and she's like oh i uh he was dead obviously i saw him die at the battle of the binary stars and is this how it's going to be in this universe just keep seeing people who i have seen horribly die uh and the answer is yes also you're going to have to kill them yourself. Yeah. Turns out, <laughs> which makes it even worse. I mean, that was a very mirror, mirror. Um, and I'll grant you, I remember mirror, mirror more than I remember the many Deep Space Nine mirror episodes. But mm-hmm. I felt like it it did the same thing. Like mirror, mirror. When they get there, and and in Mirror Mirror, of course, they just ma- they, they get transported, but the clothes don't, which is great. So like they just are they just have the other uniforms, which is not doesn't make sense, just, but it's fine. It saves time. It saves a lot of time, just like having the quantum signature in this one. It saves time in Star mm-hmm. Trek. It's fine. Um, but it, it that sense of threat, right? Like Kirk is uh, they try to assassinate Kirk a bunch of times. He's like, what is going on, right? Um, I felt I, I I felt like it had to, when they're in the elevator. It's like, come on, somebody's got to make a, an attempt on. <laughs> Burnham's life as soon as she shows up like you can't have her come back after being presumed dead and not have somebody probably the guy who's the captain right try that's to take her become out become captain <laughs> yeah that's how it works so I was very happy to see that that's exactly what happens and he tries to stab her and she's maybe mm-hmm. a little reluctant because this is somebody who is a friend who d- she saw die um, right. and then and she's after happy a while, to see him again yes and then she she runs him through with a knife and he's dead and she gets <laughs> and applause from the bridge crew yay <laughs> you stabbed the <laughs> guy that was a great sequence, and I like the the fight of the turbo lift, and then she, you know, they she kicks whatever oh. piece of equipment and stops it, and they fly up and yeah. down. That was all great, uh, and, and then that, she kills him. That moment where where he's against the wall or the door, and uh, and, yes. and, and I'm sitting there thinking. Please open on the bridge. Please open on the bridge. <laughs> the, the, this is how this has to go. And totally, shoop, the door is open. Dead body falls yep. out. Everybody looks. There's a moment of silence <laughs> and then applause. <laughs> it's amazing. That's this. Is, welcome to the mirror universe, everybody. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Um, and so the thing that so there's a whole bunch of shenanigans. So they they get they want to get on the Shenzhou basically so that they can get the uh, figure out how the Defiant ended up in right. uh, the mirror universe because it has regular warp engine so maybe they can do the same thing to get out i I liked that um 
I like that concept that the reason that they need to do this whole crazy plan to bring Lorca and Burnham and Tyler to the Shenzhou and pretend to be their duplicates is <laughs> because they have that information about the uh, about the Defiant and therefore they're like, if Stamets is out of commission, how do we get back? Here's a ship that came. If we, you know, maybe we can learn. Like, probably won't end up being the way they get back. Probably is just kind of a MacGuffin to lead us into this plot. But I thought it was a good one. Like, I thought I thought that was a good. They had a good rationale, which is how are we going to get home? Here's yes. a way. There is one ship that came from our universe. You know presumably it's got the same quantum signature okay right sure um so we, we gotta she's gotta she's gotta have access to the um to the uh, terran empire the imperial data bank in order to get more information about that and i do uh, and i like uh and i've said this before i like saru a lot he doesn't do a lot in this episode because you have to hide the aliens on your terran yeah. emperor that's a nice uh, moment where where Lorca, they're about to leave and Lorca says to saru well you're you know you're in charge i mean except when they're looking at you in which case tilly is in charge <laughs> that's right. tilly with her with her straight hair and her oh, I, have a great, yes. I thought it was a great performance like i i love that is like playing your double and playing a playing your character faking being the double where you can't mm-hmm. act like you know, as an actress, she can't act like an evil person. She has to act like a good person, good person. acting right. like an yes. evil person. I uh, yeah, I thought she did a great job. I love Tilly, and now I love Tilly even more. Yeah, I love and I, I like so Saru uh, uh, was basically stands in for the audience in this episode because we hear this plan and you think, well, that's a stupid plan. Yeah, and Saru says that is a stupid plan. <laughs> Listen to Saru. Aren't, he is smart. Aren't you dead and aren't you lost? And yeah. they're like, yes, but they don't know that. I'm not actually dead. So we will we'll do this. And really, there's no nothing else they can do. So I mean, hang out nice in, the, the, in the rubble, in the debris field and <laughs> hope that eventually Stamets gets better. That's kind of like their only other option. I think they feel like there's a ticking clock. I can headcanon this, right? Like, in addition to them wanting to do it, it's like, I, I imagine that the thought is we cannot just sit here right. the, the other gonna, discovery is also in our universe yeah. so right and the klingons are on the march and we have the information to yeah. solve as we if you remember mm-hmm. that from the last episode to solve the cloaking device and we don't we don't we haven't transmitted right. it for whatever reason and the have to bring complete yeah. or something i don't know uh, yeah. But yeah, so they have a lot of reasons to try to do this, but I just thought, that's great. Saru <laughs> is is the character who should say that because it is not a very well thought out plan, right. but it's the best they could do. And yeah. so he's like, all right, fine. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, but that's what you're going to do. Uh, and he also is great when uh, Burnham is uh, outfitting Tilly with her uniform and basically telling her all her names, her nicknames. Uh, and the final one is uh, Captain Killy. And Saru says, well, that's not very... Not very original. clever. No. <laughs> yes. And I thought, that's right, but it's funny. And she's got a bunch of better uh, names than that. But Captain Killy is also there. Captain Killy. The, so that's... Uh, and, oh, and, uh, and Lorca... Um, Lorca, they 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 do because remember in mirror mirror they have like the agonizers that that the Uh crew wears and you can like like when they beam in the right crew spock agonizes transporter chief kyle um because uh, i don't know why because because he (laughs) messed it up with the iron storm and got the wrong people is really he should have been agonized over that so they take they take Lorca down to the brig and of course it's all Mm -hmm. these horrendous agonizer booths booths. yeah where people are screaming and stuff um and uh and you know burnham is trying to protect him as best she can but 
he ends up spending a night in the agony booth. So, <laughs> and I like that episode that that part where Burnham's like, absolutely not. And you saw Lorca's reaction is like, uh, come on, I will go in the booth. You're yeah, blowing our cover. You can't, you can't do uh, it. So he's and that was also right before that the scene they are going. Uh, they're about to go through the the doors into the bridge where Tilly's basically says, "I found this thing that I think you'll be interested in." And Lorca just slams his face, his own face, into the door so that he looks beat up. Yeah, and yeah. That, that tells you a lot about Lorca mm-hmm. as a as a character. That's the kind of guy uh, who would have a Gorn skeleton in his closet. I'm just saying. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't have it in his closet. It's just no, in the no. In a glass box in the middle of his office, yeah. <laughs> With uh, well, artfully illuminated. Mm-hmm. Sure, you got some uh, LEDs, little LED spotlights y- on He went it. to yeah. Ikea and got those little uh, mm-hmm. things for his yeah. billy bookcase. It does home kit. It's court. great. That's fantastic. He says, uh, oh, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to activate anyone's smart device. No. But, uh, so we'll Computer? Skip <laughs> Turn on the Gorn skeleton Turn lights. On, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's so. I'll basically just f- finish out that line with Burnham and Lorca. So it basically ends with she really wants to uh, get Burnham wants to get to her office to look up the files because I guess the computer isn't networked on the Shenzhou, so she can't do it anywhere. Uh, but she's so busy security. I don't know. The crew is basically very happy to see her again and so impressed that she killed that other dude that she is not alone at all. So she goes back to her quarters to go to sleep. But Tyler's there and they have this uh, little conversation about um, he says, you know, no matter what happens to us uh, and no matter who you think you are here, just remember that you know who you are on the inside. And I thought to myself, yes, you are a secret Klingon on the yep, inside. Mm-hmm. And we all know it. Uh, and he says, I'm here to protect you. And I thought, are you really? And, she, and he know. says, you know what that means? And she says, yeah, I totally know what that means. It means they're going to have sex. That's what that That's means. Right. In the mirror, it's a little mirror universe sex for a little mirror our friends. Friend. And what, what happens in the mirror Lorca, universe While Lorca in is in the agony booth. <laughs> I did like that. Oh. That's Oh, the they, agony they and the ecstasy, that. everyone. There uh, it is. Yes. Mirror universe in a nutshell. That's right. Uh, and then she, you know, the end of the episode is uh, the the uh, discovery is hanging out, and the Shenzhou goes off and goes somewhere. I don't know where. Uh, but that there's a whole other uh, story that yes. we kind of skipped over uh, because I think it 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 deserves its own special section, mm-hmm. perhaps near conspiracy the conspiracy yeah. closet, because it is in fact the conspiracy that we've been talking about for many episodes. Uh and basically uh after he has uh Tyler has his little meltdown in the worker bee trying to get the 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 data bank from the Klingon vessel, which he does successfully. Right, because because Burnham like calms him down and gets him to focus and says, no, there's nobody alive over there. It's okay. You're not going to get scared by a Klingon. Everybody's and, cool, man. Yeah. And those are Vulcans and Andorians anyway. <laughs> and and uh, also in that scene, Lorca misreads the situation. I mean, he, he doesn't entirely misread it, but he's like, you know, I need you guys to keep it professional, but he's letting know that there's some there's a relationship building between the two of them. Whereas I really thought if he were a better captain, he would be like... What is happening that he's unreliable and you're telling him, like, that there aren't live Klingons in order to calm him down? That seems seems bad, right? But instead, he's like, hey, you guys are dating, right? So just keep it on the level. (laughs) That's right. I hope you filled out that HR paperwork. Captain, that's not it. No, it's fine. All right. Oh, Lorca. 
so he goes to so sick he, bay. He goes to sick bay. Great but, idea. But before he goes to sick bay, he goes to he goes to oh. the the yeah. um, the cells to visit Laurel. Oh. Uh, the series of bad ideas too. But a series of bad ideas that he does before he goes to sick bay. Yeah. And he's like, "What's up, Laurel? Uh, what's happening to me?" And she speaks a little Klingon. I thought we were away from subtitles, but I actually mostly. we're mostly away. And I thought that. Now I don't. I won't say that this excuses the seemingly endless hours of subtitles they put us through. But I thought it was quite effective in this episode uh, that she basically says this Klingon prayer uh, in Klingon uh, about Kalos, and he starts echoing it back. Uh-huh. And the the thought is that uh, well, it's very clear that she is trying to activate uh, yeah. Volk. She says uh, so. So she says, "You know what?" We, he says, "What did you do to me?" And she says, "You know what we did? We did it together." And then mm-hmm. they start the prayer of Kalis, um and she says, "The prayer should have made you remember, but something went wrong, and he kind of freaked out again." And because right. the last part after the prayer, she says, "What is your name?" And he doesn't answer, and she says, "What is your name?" And you have another yeah. name, she says. And, He's like, ah, uh, and he, he ends up having a phaser for some reason, I think. And on the other side of uh, sick bay, uh, or not sick bay, the, uh, the, the brig, detention cell. right? Yeah. Uh, the brig, yes. And, and also he, he, uh, doesn't make the best decisions generally because right at the beginning of the, the conversation, Laurel basically says, well, I know a secret. And if you open the cell, yeah, I will tell it to you. Well, and I, think, I thought to myself, this is not a good. I, I think idea. he's under. I mean, he's obviously under her spell to a certain degree. Is how I took yes. that. Is that he's, he's not. I mean, we've already seen how how broken he seems to be, but he's absolutely not thinking right here. Right. He and, he can't say no to her basically, yeah. um, because she's programmed him. Uh, totally. And, he, and and Valk of course has uh, real emotions for Lorel, and uh, Tyler doesn't know how to handle these feelings that he's having and these flashbacks and he talks about how he's having memories of surgery that don't don't feel like they were torture and she's like well it was totally wasn't yeah we did that uh, we, did, we did all this he goes back to burnham by the way and basically asks her to cover for him which i also mm-hmm. um another in the series of bad decisions on his part and her part right like he's saying basically cover it up which i kind of I don't blame him because I imagine that this is part of his programming, basically, is to try and right. remain, uh, you know, active and not noticed as long as possible, even though he may be rationalizing it on the top level of Tyler. I think it's also mm-hmm. trying to behave the way he's supposed to behave as a sleeper agent. And Burnham is skeptical, but like she goes along with it because he's like, oh, I don't want to be taken off duty while we're here in this universe. And I don't know. I, I, I guess she's letting her emotions get the best of her here because he's he's in really bad shape and has yeah. freaked out multiple times now. And it's not. This is not the kind of. I mean, we had obvious concerns about him when Lorca was like, "Hey, I found you on a Klingon prison ship. You've been tortured. Why don't you take over security?" Yeah, uh, seemed like a bad idea. But now they're continuing this chain of bad ideas with you know Burnham saying, "Okay." Uh, you freaked out on a relatively routine thing to retrieve a piece of equipment from a derelict ship. Uh, why don't you come with us onto mm-hmm. uh, this uh, deadly three-person three mission where you're the only one there to protect me? Yeah, it seems like a great idea. Yeah, uh, and, and, and Lorca also compounds it later when, uh, and we'll get to it because there's a very important thing that happens. So mm-hmm. then, Burnham, uh, not Burnham, uh, Tyler's like, okay, I need to go to sickbay and see if. 
uh, anything else happen to me? Did the Klingons do anything other than torture me? Uh, and so he goes and talks to Dr. Culver because Dr. Culver, of course, has a lot of free time because he can't uh, work on the most important patient in sickbay. Uh, so he's just hanging out. And uh, he, Tyler says basically, uh, what what did the Klingons do to me? And Culver, and I feel like they might have uh, perhaps retconned this a little bit. Culver's like, well, you know, of course we did all our routine checks when you came aboard. Yeah, you passed so. the Manchurian test. I actually really right. like that. Like, we check to see if you've had things implanted in your mind to, mm-hmm. that are going to go haven't. off and, and, and un- things underlying your personality that are going to go off and turn you into something else. And, and you passed that and you had wounds, but, you know, it, 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 you know, but you cleared it, um, which computer, is, I think I, I said in our conspiracy corner a while ago that I felt like there would be an explanation like this. Like, if you're yes. not looking for a secret Klingon and there's never been a secret Klingon before, then they probably, the Klingons are doing the work to make, they know that this sleeper agent is going to have at least some scans done to them. So you've got to make it right. seem legit mm-hmm. as much as possible. And, and one imagines the Klingons know the kind of the routine right. uh, Starfleet scans that they do, because uh, as we know, Starfleet security is not very good anyway, so uh, they they surely have captured someone who told them about it. So uh, they they were able to, uh, you know, fool them. And, and he does, Culper says, well, you know, we did a bunch of scans, and they're basically automated scans, and the computer saw the scarring and thought, well, it's probably, it's from torture, and went on with its business, and th- there was no need for me to check it, right. so I didn't. Uh, but now I've done a bunch of more scans, and I'm looking at it a little more closely, and it turns out that uh, it seems like whatever the Klingons did to you, uh, they opened you up and uh, they shortened a bunch of your bones and they completely changed your skeleton. Uh, And it was funny when he asked him, like, have you had any kind of, like skeletal surgery before <laughs> not that i know Just of no reason <laughs> no the in fact that's that's a great i i like that because that is the show in a dramatic way explaining away how you mm-hmm. make a secret klingon which is they did lots of crazy things to shorten your bones they took a human's organs presumably ash tyler's organs and and stuck them in you <laughs> with lots of scarring around it and because uh, it's hard you know and then they gotta mm-hmm. heal and whatever else and um and then and then the question we had a while ago about like is Voke implanted in Tyler or is he is Tyler really Voke or all of that and he says I, I thought a very clever bit of again you know it is plot mechanics but saying well we scan for the underlying sleeper agent things what we didn't scan for is a per, a fake personality <laughs> laid on top uh, oh, mm-hmm. and I've got some bad news for you Ash Tyler you're not real you're not gonna you're go not- to work you're a secret right. Klingon. <laughs> and yeah, you are not going on this mission. And that's and when Tyler, the thing happens, yeah. Tyler does not take this well. And, uh, and if for some reason... You have continued to listen to this podcast, though you have not seen the episode. Why? You really should stop listening right now, because Tyler does what I thought was the most surprising thing in this entire episode. Yes. Which is, he gets up, and he kills Dr. Culber. He kills Dr. Culber, yeah. Um, presumably, unless there's some, you know, neck-snapping repair that can be done. <laughs> but my, my guess is that we're going we're gonna, to, Stamets is going to discover Culber dead in the next episode. Um, I think so. I was shocked by this scene. 
I was very sad about it because I like Dr. Culber. I like his mm-hmm. relationship with uh, Stamets. I like that he's the adult in the relationship in a way where Stamets is this, you know, scientist who's going to go do experiments on himself and all of that. And Culber's like, let's calm it down. Let's bring it back to earth. Like we need to, we need to um, behave like rational people here. I, I, I like that dynamic and that, that he was trying to um, like Saru does with some of the wild ideas that the captain has the Culber's like, let's bring it back down. Um, <laughs> and so it was shocking and dramatic. And I imagine we'll have a lot of dramatic effect on um the rest of the season especially since you've got i mean presu- we leave the discovery before it's found so there's a whole other plot thread that will be yeah. picked up uh, back, back on discovery where they're going to find him and also what's going on with stamets um so i mm-hmm. imagine there's going to be a lot um there and and now they're kind of out of touch with uh shenzhou so even if they figure out that it's that it's tyler um and they've got the klingon on board they may be doing you know the the uh the uh colombo work on on uh, on, on no, excuse me one more question laurel uh, um but i, should, I just open yeah. the the force field and i'll tell you everything yeah yeah sure oh sure she's very All convincing right, she um, is so there's a lot of, a lot of this is is like dramatically it's fine um the thing that 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 we're recording this right after it's streamed on the east coast mm-hmm. so it's already happening but you'll you'll be reading if you're, if you're listening to this a day or two later you have already read about a about this, but I'm going to mention it here because I thought about it immediately, and it's the thing that bothers me about this. Beyond having a character I like die, that I watch lots of Joss Whedon shows. That happens all the time. It's it, it happens. <laughs> it's it's going to be you know Culber was not in the opening credits. Stamets nope. is in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. So this is what happens. That all said, on television in the last twenty years, I don't know most a huge percentage of the gay relationships that are shown on television end with the horrible death of one of the characters. Yes. And this is the barrier gays trope. And I have a hard time believing that the producers and writers of Star Trek Discovery were not aware of it. <laughs> and I don't, I'm, this is not to say that a gay character in a relationship in modern television should be immune from being killed. But you know what? Once somebody points out to you that this is kind of a cliche and it's kind of ugly, maybe steer away from it. And that's the problem I have with them killing Culber is not anything in the fundamentals of the story itself. I think it's quite shocking and dramatic and interesting, but it's that it is yet another gay character who is in a relationship with another gay character who has been horribly murdered. And if you do the math and somebody did, uh, I think maybe it was Maureen Ryan at Variety, but somebody did, somebody did a study about this a little bit and looked up character deaths. Uh, Maybe Maureen Ryan just wrote about it, but like it's a real thing like gay characters get horribly killed when they're in relationships with other gay characters on television and uh at some point again as a writer it's not that that they should be immune from that in general but at this point yeah you probably shouldn't do it like you should probably make a better decision um because you're just you're just reinforcing that same thing which is uh gay people don't get to have 
happy endings on television because one of them will always be horribly murdered by, I don't know, you know, a monster, a secret Klingon, whatever it is. Uh, you know, <laughs> there are lots of examples of it. And so that, that that's what gives me pause. And an episode that I, I liked, although I also found really disturbing for good reasons, that they are taking us to a very dark place, which is the mirror mm-hmm. universe, and, and, and not making a joke of it. It is very stressful and serious. But the 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 barrier gaze thing is uh it's really unfortunate because this is also going to be how people are going to talk about discovery for the next five weeks is there's going to be a controversy about this it's going to turn a lot of people off and um yeah i think it's i think it was not i think it was unfortunate that they that they played into this and they should have known better than to do it which is not to say again that um i i don't see the dramatic reasons behind it i just think again choose another path that isn't playing into this into this cliche because it does you no favors to do this and i did have the same i mean i thought it was quite effective but i did think well it's unfortunate that this kind of uh this big moments for uh the gay community having this relationship on this show and then you kill one half of the relationship it seems like an unfortunate choice uh but i i also i don't know i mean i know i'm pretty sure dr culvert is dead at the end of this episode but i don't know if he's really completely you know actually dead and will not come back uh because there is another dr culvert in the mirror universe so perhaps they could just pick him up or stamets might have some fungal powers that allow him to bring him back who knows what will happen who knows Um, it seems like he's dead but it it would be nice I'm not sure even then it really offsets the fact that they had this character, um, you know, murdered in a way that is very reads for anyone on television as a murder. Um, I'm I'm not sure, you know, I kind of, I, and and again, I I mean, who knows where they're going with the story, but it's like, it's, it's, that's, I, I I just want to say it again. Like, I appreciate the creative license that that people who write television shows can have with stuff like this. And Mm -hmm. you shouldn't say that gay relationships are off limits from, you know, violence and drama and things like that. But you should survey what has been on TV and don't write the cliche. Don't go with the cliche. Uh, Know that this is an issue and that people are really upset about it. And that when you've got a, a a group that's having trouble being properly represented in media and is looking for people to, and and actually in your marketing for your show, you say, look, isn't it great? You know, we've got a gay regular character and he's in a relationship and we handle it really well and all of that. And Oh yeah, that guy's going to get his neck snapped by a secret Klingon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have yeah. done that. It's it's it's. Uh, it, it, I could see. I was unaware of this trope. So uh, thank you for for uh, yeah, giving a name to the, my problem the, that I had as I was watching. The it. biggest example recently was on there. There's a CW show called The Hundred, and there was a gay relationship on there. And it turns out one of the one of the actors was moving on to a different. She got a a new job on a like as a regular on another series, and oh. they needed to kill. They need to write out the character, and so they killed her off, and it led to that same sort of hubbub about like mm-hmm. a lot of, of of gay fans watching that show had really invested a lot in that relationship and again fan of a joss we- of joss whedon shows here joss whedon killed a gay character in a relationship too by the way but like i get being a fan of a show and not and being upset that a character died right like i i mm-hmm. totally get that and there's always going to be some of that in there at the same time i think there is maybe a responsibility to be aware that if so many of the times that this this particular group any particular group sees the the rare bit of representation and then 
so frequently it ends horribly um i don't know that that seems like if you're a writer don't you want to do something that everybody isn't expecting and that isn't a trend and a cliche that makes people mm-hmm. roll their eyes and right. here we are so it's too bad it's too bad <laughs> uh, in an yeah, episode I, that i otherwise really 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 liked i just know that the blowback on that and the fact that they made that decision right. like if this was a different world and that and this thing wasn't a thing i think the decision was would be fine but we we don't live in a context-free world that's true. And I, as you were saying that, the thing that kept popping into my mind is how important representation is. And as a white male, I've never really given it too much thought because every hero for the last, oh, I don't know, 2,000 years <laughs> has yeah. represented, I was has just watching, included me. I, I just watched um, the original series episode of The Doomsday Machine today. And one of the things that struck me about it is uh, four guys beam over to the, to the uh, USS uh, Constellation and uh find the captain who is an, uh, another white guy and it's a bunch of it's well i think there may be a black crewman in that but it's a, it's it's a bunch of men and the captains are all white guys and i i always just watched star trek and was like oh yeah okay whatever it's william windham he's uh he's decker it's great mm-hmm. uh, this time i watched it and i was like wow it's just a whole bunch of middle-aged white men running everything <laughs> in starfleet isn't it and that wasn't yeah. in every episode and it wasn't always the case but I feel like I've watched enough TV with better representation now that mm-hmm. I see some of that stuff and I'm like, oh, oh man, right? And and Discovery has prided itself on this rep- representation. There's a lot we have we have Tilly as a captain and Burnham as a captain in this episode, <laughs> right? Like there is a lot of great stuff here. The fact that Stamets is one of our main characters and he's gay and in a relationship and you know he's it's the first openly gay Star Trek character and he's a regular and it's great. All of these things that they've done that have been great about representation, and but then they do a a uh, a barrier gaze, uh, kill, mm-hmm. killing off a, a a character, and it's just like it's a it's a shame because they're gonna they're they're gonna take a lot of uh, criticism for it, and it's deserved because yeah, so it's too bad. Yeah, and I think that uh, what a lot of my fellow white men have a problem with is not understanding that. As a group that isn't as well represented as our particular group is, it's very important when you see a character that you can relate to uh, directly. Uh, and it's very disappointing when that character is misused or written in a way that is inconsistent with how you would think they would act, right? And so while I was watching it, I thought, oh, that seems like an odd choice. Uh, it didn't impact me as much as it would uh, someone from the, the gay community who is like, uh, well, well-versed in this, this trope and be like, oh, another uh, gay character that gets killed horribly. Yeah. Uh, uh, although this type I see a Cleon, does that make it any better? Probably not. But probably um, not. I actually, I yeah. If you <laughs> if, if you are a secret Klingon, uh, I, you don't even know it. So I was going to say you could be offended by the way that Ash Tyler has been been uh, portrayed, true, but, but you would you literally not know. It. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you heard would, you heard that that uh, prayer and you became yeah. you became aware that you were a secret Klingon. Do you get upset and have flashes involving uh, circular saws and Klingon breasts? You I'm must sure be. we all do, and we're all that means that we're secret Klingons. I guess okay, that's right. We're all secret Klingons. Mm, anyway, the, the screen door is open. Yes, the secret that's Klingon right. theory the, is now out. For those who are wondering, that, did anybody not listen to that thing at the end? Well, if you didn't listen, now there it is. Out. That was what we that's were. Right. talking about all along is that the theory that ash tyler is actually a secret klingon which That's is right. um uh, you know 
it's time to just call it what it is. We just that's he what is, it is. He's a secret. Now he will. I will say, although I am. 110% sure he is Voke. They do not, he does not say his name, his Klingon name. So he could be another, he could be like a, a another layer. He is a secret <laughs> random Klingon. Uh, seems unlikely. We've never met before. Though. But that seems highly since unlikely. It's almost certainly the same actor. The same actor yeah. plays both characters. Mm-hmm. It's probably him. Um, but I think they're doing a really good job of, um, with that subplot because I did, I, I did not expect them to basically say in this episode, uh, well, A, I didn't expect this episode to be in the mirror universe, so that was exciting. Yeah. I also did not expect them to say, hey, guess what? He's a Klingon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought they would stretch it out some more. So, yeah. uh, no, thumbs I, I up. Like- thumbs up for that of like making it be like anyone who's paying attention at this point has figured out. I mean, because we see him, we see him murder Culper, right? <laughs> like we know, and then and then when he shows up at the transporter room, he's like, "I don't even know where I was." Like you can yes. tell, and that was that was what I was saying. The moment that uh, another poor decision on Lorca's part, because he comes, he's late, and Lorca turns to him and says, "Dude, where were you?" And his answer was, "I don't know." Now, when when yeah, that's someone, not good. That's not that's not, not that's not a valid answer. So yeah. you say maybe you stay here. <laughs> we'll yeah. go. I can't stay here to... because of the murder. What did I say oh. that out loud? Oh no! <laughs> Don't go to sick bay. No, no. Is there a murder? You should take them to sick bay. Oh, they're already. Oh nope. I'm not going to even. Let's just get oh. on the pad, Captain. Let's go. Let's go. Can't talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's. I, I do think that that's what they're setting up is this dramatic split where back on the discovery we're going to have this realization that it was Tyler and that the Klingon lady is there and that, you know, they may discover what's going on with, uh, with Tyler and the secret Klingon. And also Stamets is sort of like, can, can he become more lucid and provide a little bit more of an idea of where they are and why they're there? Uh, because mm-hmm. we do have most of our, you know, most of our cast back there. And then we've got, um, other than the lady who steers the ship because she transferred from the Shenzhou, just like, uh, just like, uh, uh, Saru did. Um, and so she's on the Shenzhou show. She's got her, uh, her mirror person is actually there. Which is nice. Yeah. She doesn't have, she's the character that has half like a metal face or something. Yeah. She's got like a kind of an implant thing. So she doesn't have that on the Shenzhou. So it's, um, I imagine that's what we're going to get is we're going to get that back on discovery yeah. while we've got mm-hmm. Lorca and, and, uh, and, uh, Burnham and, uh, secret Klingon Ash Tyler, uh, <laughs> investigating, uh, the, the empire. How they can get home. Do you have any, do you have any idea who the emperor is? Cause I, I it sounds to uh, me I'm like it's Hoshi. You think, you think it is like old lady Hoshi Sato? I think it is, uh, and that's and she'll be uh, make a cameo appearance hopefully next episode. How many? How, episode. how long has it been since Enterprise though in this world? I don't know. She might be too old. That's true. I don't. I don't know what the the chronological like the time difference is. So because I mean she was presumably going to be the emperor at the end of in a, in a um, mirror darkly, but um, if it's not her, I would assume that it's got to be someone who's a reference to. Yeah, it's gotta something. be something. Zephram, we're gonna go. Oh, Zephram Cochran, or because he'd be old too, though. I mean, I just like who who would it be? Who would be a mirror? Unless it's like Mirror Lorca, but I I'm still gonna hold out. I mean, because Mirror Lorca can't be. He was trying to overthrow the emperor. So like, I, anyway, that's the. I mean, it could just be that it's um, uh, it's what's her name, Admiral uh, Cornwall, right? 
Oh yeah, it could be. That would be. It could be somebody like that who we've who uh, we've seen, and it, that's who it is. But I I keep thinking like if you're going to treat the emperor that way, because they literally the first time they say it's like there's a mysterious emperor, like just shines <laughs> like, well. the spotlights down on the mysterious emperor. That it's yes. probably there's probably going to be a payoff. It's probably not going to just be some random person we've never seen before, right? You would think in the mirror universe it would be somebody. You know, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, maybe it's well, no, it can't be. They killed. They killed Scott Bakula, so it can't be him. They did. It can't be him. I, my first thought was, "Ooh, maybe Scott Bakula." I think it looks like maybe there's about eighty years between from Enterprise All to right. Discovery, so it's possible. Old that lady, we could have old, old lady, lady Hoshi. Hoshisato. Would they do that? Uh, would be fascinating if they actually had a cast member from Enterprise show up on on Discovery, but they've already made the reference, right? Like they're they're most of the way somebody. there. They they want us to be talking about it, so hopefully they have a satisfying person who will show up you know you know what um, i hope it isn't scott i hope the emperor of the terran empire isn't a secret klingon because <gasps> that would be really bad because it's like our terrible racist uh uh empire that the the uh, by the way like for for a show that is referencing an episode of star trek from 1967 um the concept that they've fallen into a parallel universe where earth uh is afraid of all outsiders and is this totally like fascist uh, xenophobic Mm -hmm. society it's like you know that's a 50 year old reference and yet kind of still resonant isn't it yeah it makes you a little depressed that you think you know uh, 50 years ago they were talking about this and we're talking about the exact same thing and it's as relevant then as it is now (sighs) science Uh, fiction damn you making us reflect on how how far we have not come yeah uh but that to be said like we were talking about though uh representation vastly better than it was 50 years ago so we have made some strides but um Certainly. Also, uh, by the way, in in the Doomsday Machine, Uhura's not in it. I guess, I don't know what was up with Nichelle Nichols, if she was... Um, if she was traveling or whatever, it's probably in that book that I read that I, I just don't remember. But it's instead it's this blonde <laughs> it's this blonde lady who's the communication officer, and I always thought that was kind of funny. Like, um, they they always have the. I mean, honestly, because it was the sixties, it's like. They always have the lady receptionist, don't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they it's, do. it's always going to be. They don't have a woman this a, week. You, you wouldn't have a man answering Answer the, the phone. phone. <laughs> no. Oh we have boy. To get the 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 lady yeah. understudy yeah. to come in. That's the only woman uh, on the bridge. Oh well. It's it's. Uh, but but again, I didn't think of it when I was a kid. It was just the way the world was. And now when I watch something like Discovery and I see, um, you know, the all sorts of different people being represented. This is Gene Roddenberry's vision. It it really mm-hmm. is. It's just that 50 years later, what we think of as representation has come a long way, too. And I like that about Discovery, that it feels um, it feels pretty realistic. I, I, I've said this before, I think, but the one thing that, that Star Trek has done a really bad job on is especially Asian representation. I mean, we had, mm-hmm. we had Sulu, but I feel like at least with the Shenzhou and, and with uh, Captain Georgiou, there was more of a clear statement of like, uh, there are a lot of like uh, the average person on earth is Chinese, right? So yes. probably they are going to be in space too with yeah. the white people. So maybe 
Yeah, and maybe we'll name some ships after yeah. important things for yeah. them. So. And Discovery has done has done a bunch of that, which which is despite the fact that you know everybody's speaking with an American accent, it is an American TV show slash Canadian TV show, and I, yeah. I get that. Uh, and Scottish accents are just for silly ruses <laughs> involving uh, Mirror Universe Radio. Oh man, it makes me so happy. Uh, this episode, uh, I say thumbs up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, with, uh, other you know, other the, than the, the, the death of Culber, yeah. um, which mm-hmm. which stops me. From for a bunch of reasons that are larger than any one show, um, but I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed how bold they are in doing a multi-episode arc involving the Mirror Universe. Like no, no pausing for breath. They've got the solution to the war. They're not allowed to pass it on because they suddenly have this other problem to solve, and it's intense. And the mirror universe is scary. And uh, you know they're diving into it. And I don't know whether we're going to take two, three, four episodes to get through this. I I kind of imagine that they're not going to get home until the end of the season. But um, I'm I'm impressed by that too. So it's exciting. I I can see now again why this is where they broke the. Uh, the chapters of season one mm-hmm. into two because it is totally a, a new a new chapter and a new story arc happening in in this part of the season. Yes, and having seen this episode, uh, it makes complete sense, and it further befuddles me why they wouldn't have stopped with episode nine. They were going to stop with episode eight. I'm wondering it made no sense if there was like a clerical error. If they like somebody was counting only one episode for the for the first week, and somebody else was counting it as two, and there was just a misunderstanding, and then at some point the producers are like, no, 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 no. We have to show this other episode before we stop. We can't stop one episode short. I, yeah. you know, I, honestly, having said that, I bet you that's what it was. I uh, bet it was a like misunderstanding. Because it's not like they were they shot a, a an extra episode and dropped it in earlier and, like and pushed yeah. it forward. Like there was no way that was very clearly where the season was supposed to break. And uh, yes. and now and we're back. I'm I, uh, before we go. One, the other thing I wanted to say is I was really excited that Discovery was coming back. Like this week, I was like, oh right, Discovery is on on Sunday. <laughs> I was like really excited mm-hmm. about it. I saw a couple people who we know talking about like uh, you know I, I'm going to watch. Um, the the most recent episode again to get ready and all that like some enthusiasm about mm-hmm. Star Trek and I and I felt that in myself like I took the eye off the ball for, uh, for a few weeks and then suddenly I had that <laughs> moment where I'm uh, where I was uh, excited to re- recall that Discovery was coming back because um, that's that's fun. Yes, and we are what two thirds of the way through the first season. I guess that's right there, ten episodes, fifteen out of fifteen. Yeah. And I must say that I am continue to be impressed with how good. Star Trek Discovery is and how much I'm enjoying it. Yeah. There was, I had a worry when I f- was watching, even I thought the first two episodes were really good, but I still thought they can, and, and they still can do this, but they could screw this up so much. Uh, and they haven't yet. And uh, of course, there have been episodes that I've liked more than other episodes, but I am uh, at this point very pleased with what they're doing and their choices. Uh, as a nitpicky Star Trek nerd, uh, I am enjoying it. So um, kudos to everybody involved. I mean, the Tholian web, mirror, mirror, in a mirror darkly, <laughs> the references to those alone that like solid they they do them uh they obviously know and i think this is part of what enterprise got wrong is that they were trying to 
appeal to non-Star Trek fans, which you should do, uh, but by eschewing a lot of the related kind of canon. So just kind of let's make a as straightforward science fiction show as we can, sprinkle in a little science fiction, uh, Star Trek, and we'll be good um, until the fourth season. Uh, right. and, and Discovery, I feel like, has gotten it uh, the balance better in that they sprinkle in a whole lot of uh, references to things, but you don't really need to know what they're referring to to enjoy discovery but if right. you do know it you feel like it's a little reward for all the time and effort you have wasted watching star trek right i mean uh, the the existence of the defiant and a previous crossover is a pure plot motivation mm-hmm. that does not need any more referencing like it's literally like oh this happened once before we should investigate that maybe that's how we mm-hmm. get home and yet if you know anything about Star Trek, you start to go, oh, well, <laughs> that, that's there are four episodes of previous series that I can call yes. on right now. Uh, that. I see what they're doing. Yeah. And then when they, you know, when Saru ha- makes his program to figure out how to be a captain, he lists all the captains. I mean, there are so many well-placed right. uh, little references that um, make it rewarding. And But they don't go. The other fear I had is that they would go way into too many obscure references right, and right, right. people who didn't really like Star Trek would be like, I don't understand what's going on and uh, this is why I don't like Star Trek. So they haven't done that. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I guess I, I'm not a good judge of that, but I feel like they haven't done that. I, I would hope that uh, and I don't know. I think in the United States, I think it's probably safe to say that most of the people watching it are Star Trek fans because you have to sign up for CBS All right. Access, which nobody has, in order to mm-hmm. in order to see it. Um, in the rest of the world, with it being on Netflix, I'm a little more hopeful that people who are not just kind of hardcore Star Trek fans, but people who are kind of Star Trek curious or who have heard good things about it have discovered it and uh, and and like it. Um, and I'm hopeful. I, I one thing for us to watch over the summer is how CBS plays with Discovery um, once it's done with its first season. We know it's coming mm-hmm. back for a second season. I have no idea whether that'll be the end of this year or it'll be in, in, in early 2019. I hope it's the end of this year, but it takes a while to make this show, so maybe not. But what will they do in the run-up? I, I, I'm going to be interested to see, because I think in the United States, it would probably benefit from getting put on Netflix at some point. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or, or hey, put on CBS broad. in the summertime. Right. I was about to say, you ha- the CBS, you may not know this, but they own a TV a channel. Yeah, or, or the CW. They own, they own half of the CW, yeah. too, right? Like, they could- may, may get people into Star Trek so that they want to watch the next season of Discovery when it airs. A lot of network shows do that, right? They drop it on Netflix mm-hmm. right before the new season happens because then people get caught up. That's how my daughter got into, into Riverdale. I've heard a lot of people do that with A Good Place where they got caught up and then they were really excited to go on to the second mm-hmm. season. So let's keep Keep an eye on that because I think in the U.S., um, I do think this is a fun show that would be accessible for people who want to watch some cool sci-fi who may not be super into Star Trek. But in the U.S., I think that's not the audience right now. So, right, yeah, I hope and they I get forgot that. that- you're right. You need to subscribe to a service that nobody subscribes yeah. to. So, uh, in the U.S., so uh, yeah, mostly they're preaching to the converted here, but. Um, Hopefully, more people will yeah. watch Star Trek Discovery. And the people who are listening to this podcast certainly uh, listen, watch Star Trek Discovery, or you've made horrible life choices, what people. Are Why you are doing? you listening to a podcast for a show you don't watch? Uh, well, thank you for listening, having said yes. that. Uh, and we Jason, love you. Thank you for joining me and talking about another fine episode of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, thank you, Scott. And uh, we'll, we'll, 
I guess we've got four four more of these, so uh, that's exciting. That is exciting. I'm excited. The next more. episode, yeah. five more. The Wolf Inside is uh, the title of the next episode. So I hope uh, they don't turn a, a nice dog into a, a nice dog and a mean <laughs> dog in that one. That would be bad. Uh, that that would be bad. Uh, and uh, a nice blanket into an evil blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>